Blog Talk Radio. Show. 
According to CNN slash ORC polls, uh, 50% view Clinton unfavorably, up from 44% in March before she announced a presidential bid, and the highest level since 2001 when it was 53%. The only other time a majority of Americans viewed Clinton unfavorably was in 1996 when she was first lady. Huh. Hmm. That's a survey found 46% view Clinton favorably, down from 53% in the March and 61% in May of 2013. Meanwhile, 57% of Americans say she is not honest and trustworthy. 47% feel she cares about people like them. And 50% feel she does not inspire confidence. Huh. That's amazing to me. You to see that. But maybe I have to grow grass and stuff. But it says just 45% you Clinton favorably down 22% since January 2013. Uh, she keeps just dropping, huh? But perhaps most alarmingly for her campaign, the number who see Clinton as honest and trustworthy has dropped from 53% a year ago, then 46% two months ago, to 41% now, and 52% now you see her as honest, 52% now don't see her as honest and trustworthy, the most, again, uh, since uh, April. It's freaking a while, huh? I don't care if I read anymore. But yeah. uh, what did you think? I'm not surprised. Why would they? No, I'm glad it's catching up. The truth is coming out, you know. Now, this this is really sad. I thought of putting this this up tomorrow night, but it's pretty sad. A full time minimum wage job won't get you a one bedroom apartment anywhere in America. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. There is, there is no state in the union where a full-time minimum wage worker can afford to rent a one-bedroom apartment for less than 30% of his paycheck. That's the depressing takeaway from a news report by the National Low-Income Housing Coalition. The paper includes this map, which we're looking at, tallying the hours a worker would have to put in at her job each week to rent a one-bedroom apartment without it eating more than 30% of her wages. So. Bob, look at that. Some of them are 75%. They're talking about hours per week. 64 hours, 75 hours, my God. Mm -hmm. This in Colorado. Um, California would be 92 hours. 92 hours. Okay. You'd have to earn twelve dollars and twenty-five cents an hour. 
in order to afford uh, Uh, state, uh, I'm sorry, in order to afford a one-bedroom house. That's the low, oh, no. Or a one-bedroom apartment. Um, I didn't read it right. It's not, state minimum wage is $9 an hour. Then the next figure is the local minimum wage, which is twelve twenty-five an hour in Oakland, California. A one-bedroom housing wage would be at, would be 24, you'd have to earn $24.23 right, an, an hour. An hour. Just to afford it. It's for a two-bedroom, it would be $30.48. Right, uh, $39 or wherever you are. But this one here is like in San Francisco. It costs, you get that's 90, the state. That's the state minimum wage, right. Yeah, the local minimum wage in San Francisco is $12.25 an hour. But it costs $31.44 uh, an hour just to cover the cost of uh, a one-bedroom. One-bedroom. Two-bedroom is... Is uh, is
So Connecticut is one of those states. Hawaii, Maryland, Vermont, New Jersey, Connecticut, California, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Maine, and Rhode Island. Well, you know, their minimum wage doesn't cover uh, doesn't cover a two-bedroom uh, housing mm-hmm. in any of the states. I mean, well, I don't know how people afford to live, get a place to that's live. That's crazy. That's crazy. censored U.S. government mail revealed what plan was. Oh, yeah, this is kind of strange. Um, this so is Fukushima? Kind of, yeah. They're trying. Well, censored U.S. government emails revealed um, proposed plan to test West Coast residents for Fukushima fallout. Many cases of cancer may end up uh, being attributed to exposures. Doses could exceed EPA's emergency levels. Um, and uh, UC Berkeley Nuclear Department states prompt action should be taken. What kind of action are you going to take? Yeah. Um, and uh, this is, I don't really understand. These are the mails that they interrupted. Oh, okay. Uh, These are the documents. Sent to John Holton, senior advisor to the President Obama on Science and Technology, Secretary of Energy Stephen Chu. Um, and I would like to raise another issue without merits expeditious near-terms action. This is a short time window. Many cases of thyroid cancer and other health problems may end up being attributed to exposure from the Fukushima accident. On the U.S. Um, West Coast, it is possible that we will find that some people have received doses of 1-131 and other radion nuclides that could exceed the level of protective action guidelines that are desired are designed to prevent this. This could provide a basis for immediate action to change PAG, whatever that is. It could identify individuals who have not had significant exposure, alert them and their medical care professionals to monitor monitor for professional health effects. There are very strong reasons to gather data, but it must be done in a way that is broadly viewed as being in the interest of the public and individuals. Well, there's, there's, there's a ton of but, um, These are all emails sent to Obama and other people. Yeah. Well, you know, a, national, a rational mind would tell you, exactly. hey, there was a problem with the Fukushima Daiichi plant. Right. All Here's, the radiation spilled into the water. It evaporated into the air. The prevailing winds go from west to east, and we are east of Japan. Okay, I so all the radiation blew into this country. 28 signs that the West Coast is being absolutely fried with nuclear radiation. Okay. Well, Fukushima. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Sorry, folks. Excuse me. I wonder if that's what the drought is from. That's part of it, yeah. I know. It is. I read something about that. There's a huge radiation bubble off, you know, off the coast of The map below uh, comes from Nuclear Emergency Tracking Center. It shows the radiation levels and radiation monitoring stations in countries that the country are elevated. And, uh, yeah, it's amazing. You can see all of the mm-hmm. all along the west coast. You have these and uh, look high, at us high, too. And all the way down here, and all the way to to, this, to the east coast. You're showing all these other, other areas that uh, that are high in radiation due to this tsunami, or Fukushima, And uh, every single day, 300 tons of radioactive water from Fukushima enters the Pacific Ocean. That means that the total amount of radioactive material released from Fukushima is constantly increasing and is steadily building up in our food chain. Ultimately, all of the nuclear radiation will outlive all of us by a very wide margin. They are saying that it could take up to 40 years to clean up the Fukushima disaster, and meanwhile, countless innocent people will develop cancer and other health problems as a result of exposure to high levels of nuclear radiation. We are 
talking about a nuclear disaster that is absolutely unprecedented, and it is constantly getting worse. The following are 28 signs of the west coast of um, North America is being absolutely fried with nuclear radiation from Fukushima. Number one, polar bears, seals, and walruses along Alaskan coastline are suffering from fur loss and open sores. Wildlife experts are studying whether fur loss and open sores detected in nine polar bears in recent weeks is widespread and related to whether accidents among seals, uh, incidents are among seals and walruses. The bears are among 33 spotted near Barrow, Alaska, during routine survey work along the Arctic coastline. Tests, tests show they had alopecia, that's fur loss, and other skin lesions. Number two, there is an epidemic of sea lion dust along the California coast. At Island Rookeries off the California coast, 45% of the pups born in June have died, said Sharon Mellon, a wildlife biologist for the National Marine Fisheries Service in Seattle. Normally, less than one-third of the pups would die. It's gotten so bad in the past two weeks that the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration declared an unusual um, mortality event. Along the Pacific coast of Canada and Alaska coastline, the population of sockeye salmon is at a historic low. Something is many are blaming Fukushima. Something is causing fish all along the west coast of Canada to bleed from their gills, bellies, and eyeballs. Oh. Five, a vast field of radioactive debris from Fukushima that is approximately the size of California has crossed the Pacific Ocean and started to collide with the west coast. It is being protected, projected that the radioactivity of coastal waters off the U.S. west coast could double over the next five to six years. Oh Experts have found very high levels of cesium-137 in plankton living in the waters off the Pacific coast between Hawaii and the west coast. One test in California found that 15 out of 15 bluefin tuna were contaminated with radiation from Fukushima. Number nine, back in 2012, Vancouver Sun reported that cesium-137 being found in a very high percentage of the fish that Japan was selling to Canada. 73% of the mackerel tested, 91% of the halibut, 92% of the sardines, 93% of the tuna and eel, 94% of the cod and anchovies, and 100% of the carp, seaweed, shark, and monkfish. All of everything Japan was sending Canada was, was contaminated. Canadian authorities are finding extremely high levels of nuclear radiation in certain fish samples. Some fish samples tested to date have had very high levels of radiation. One sea bass sample collected in July, for example, at 1,000 becquerels per kilogram of cesium. That's amazing. Some experts believe we could see very high levels of cancer along the West Coast just from people eating contaminated fish. Look, it's what's going on now. They're dumping huge amounts of radioactivity into the ocean. No one expected that in 2011. Daniel Hirsch, a nuclear policy lecturer at the University of California, uh, Santa Cruz, uh, we could have large numbers of cancer from ingestion of fish. BBC News recently reported that radiation levels around Fukushima are 18 times higher than previously believed. An EU-funded study concluded that Fukushima released up to 210 quadrillion becquerels of cesium-137 into the atmosphere. Atmospheric radiation from Fukushima reached the west coast of the U.S. within a few days back in 2011. At this point, 300 tons of contaminated water is pouring into the Pacific Ocean from Fukushima every single day. A senior researcher of marine chemistry at Japan Meteorological Agency, Meteorological Research Institute, says that 30 billion becquerels of um, radioactive cesium and 30 billion becquerels of radioactive strontium have been released in the Pacific Ocean from Fukushima every Why don't they just pour day. concrete into that? Do I don't like it. They, I don't know why they can't. It's just... In 17, according to TEPCO, which is the owner of the Fukushima, 
a total of somewhere between 20 trillion and 40 trillion becquerels of radioactive tritium have gotten into the Pacific Ocean since the Fukushima disaster. That, that could destroy the world. That mm-hmm. could destroy the entire mm-hmm. Pacific Ocean and the world. It's been estimated that up to a hundred times as much nuclear radiation has been released into the ocean from Fukushima than was released during the entire Chernobyl disaster. And one recent study concludes that a very large plume of cesium-137 from the Fukushima disaster will start flowing into U.S. coastal waters early next year. I don't even know what to say. It's so devastating. They don't know what to say. They don't know. They don't. They don't know how to stop it.
ISIS, uh, probably they're on the side of ISIS. Mm-hmm. Sounds to me. Uh, I would, you know, I can understand them being mad as hell after we destroyed their country, you know? Don't you think? Several times. Several times. So, anyway. So, we knew this when it came out. I, I mentioned this on this show, posted on my website, and general after general said that uh, we've been funding them all along. New data offers first infuriating glimpse at how the richest one hundredth of, what is that? One percent. One percent pay income taxes by not paying at all. Mm -hmm. Tax day doesn't sting much if you live at the gilded gilded edge, according to new data on the top one hundredth of one percent. And the top one thousandth of a percent of all filers pay their income taxes. People who make tens of millions of dollars enjoyed falling income tax rates and ballooning wealth for a decade as middle class taxpayers floundered. The new IRS data helps illustrate the logic behind Senator Bernie Sanders' call for radically reshaping the American income tax system to create pricey new brackets for extremely high earners. The numbers provide a deeper look inside the highest income echelon, breaking out data on income tax rates and total yearly earnings in previously unpublished detail. In the last year of the Bush tax cuts, there were well over 1,000 people who reported more than $60 million in earnings but paid federal income tax rates far below 20%. In late May, Sanders called for restoring top income tax rates as high as 90%. The graduated income system means that policymakers could create new tax brackets up at the level without raising taxes on everybody else below whatever level of wealth they chose to target. Yes, Sanders based his comments on generalized information about wealth inequality. But the new IRS data on income inequality bolsters his argument. Currently, the highest income tax bracket and capital gains tax brackets each kick in a little over $400,000 in annual income. But there are nearly 14,000 tax filers who earn more than $12 million, uh, in 2012 as members of the best paid uh, 1% of all taxpayers, according to the IRS, at about 1,360 who earned over $62 million that year. Their vast earnings were not taxed any more heavily, and indeed they paid a lower overall income tax rate than the mere 1% brethren, than their merely 1% brethren. Huh. <coughs> Excuse me. It is the first time the IRS has ever broken out income tax data at the very top end of the earnings spectrum. And previous Releases have shown the top one percent, the top one percent of filers, filers rather, by the new data drilled deeper, uh, and there are a little under fourteen hundred income tax returns filed in the va- that very richest silver uh, sliver of data in 2012, and the agency reports with an average income of roughly $161 million for the year. The poorest poorest filer to qualify for that group in 2012. Made sixty-two million sixty-eight hundred thousand one hundred eighty-seven in adjusted gross income, like a tax wonk's version of the "must be this high to ride" sign at a carnival. These threshold income levels for each group in the IRS data, offering working definitions of the economic class each category depicts. The income threshold that defined the top 50% of all tax returns offers a snapshot of life in the economic middle, and its decline over the decade is bad news for middle-class families. Other indicators of life in the middle over the same time frame as the IRS data paint a dim picture. Wages were stagnant or even falling for these families as the cost of core components of the middle-class life jumped by thousands of dollars. The inflation-adjusted IRS numbers confirm what other evidences had suggested, that middle-class families have seen their earnings power decline significantly even as life in the fast lane has gotten richer and richer. One percent of incomes were about one-sixth higher in 2012 than in 2003 after adjusting for inflation. 
The richest one thousandth of a percent of tax filers made about seventy five percent more than they had a decade before. Hmm. But as those extremely rich people got richer, the middle class got poorer. The income threshold for being on the top half of all tax returns fell by eight percent over the decade, creating the two thousand twelve disparity between the the thousand percenter who earned at least sixty two million dollars and one percent is making four hundred and thirty five thousand dollars or more, and workers pay in federal income tax on earnings as well as thirty six thousand dollars a year. So there we go. So that's the income inequality, folks, and you can see you can check that article out. Yeah. So you gotta stay with us there, Lila, for a minute? Yep. Okay. You know what I want to read this one. This one could surprise me. <coughs> not not probably not too much. But I knew she was gonna be a mouthpiece for Obama mm-hmm. that was the way it's gonna be. So who's why we read this one in Obama. In a renewed assault on the Second Amendment rights of law-abiding citizens, President Obama's new head of Department of Justice, Loretta Lynch, was set to implement a long list of new gun control measures, some as soon as November. The rest of the executive rules were slated to be in place by the time Obama leaves office and included new restrictions on certain firearms, new storage requirements, and more ways to control a segment of of Americans trying to obtain firearms in the first place. One of the new criteria proposed to disqualify people from gun ownership is if they've ever been convicted of a misdemeanor domestic violence, which is unfair, according to uh, Michael Hammond of Gun Owners of America, because that could be someone who spanked his kid or yelled at his wife or slapped her husband. The new rules will expand the distinguished existing disqualification rules to those who have less severe mental health histories, as millions of law-abiding citizens do. The administration is trying very hard to disqualify people from owning a gun on the basis that they've seen a psychologist, Hammond said. Statistically. Yeah, well, statistically, most people don't visit a psychologist. No, most people who visit a psychologist don't pose a threat to society says the National Rifle Association labeled the new mental health-based rules as snares for masses of mostly harmless individuals. In fact, since millions of Americans hold the Second Amendment so dear to their hearts, expanding rules banning from gun ownership those with harmless uh, mental health issues could be dangerous, as many uh, may forego routine mental health treatment in order to remain eligible to purchase firearms. Not only is this unjust and stigmatizing, it creates disincentives for those who need mental health treatment to seek it, increasing whatever risks are associated with untreated mental illness, an NRI spokesman said. Huh. It looks like Eric Holder's placement, replacement, Lynch, is the, is, one, is the one Obama was waiting for to re- resume the administration's attack on the Second Amendment rights of all Americans. Huh. Americans have been kept in the dark for far too long. A silent and hidden poison has infiltrated our bodies and has been accumulating inside for years, attacking your body silently and slowly changing your biology. This this is just, um, this is not part of that thing. I checked it out before. Oh. Oh. Remember him? Yeah, I forgot what he was on. Yeah, there's a guy, uh, he was a star of... uh, Been in trouble a lot as a kid. Uh, addicted to cocaine and other substances. Yeah. 
At 15, a civil action was filed against him uh, for his involvement in two separate incidents of harassing American and African school children and by throwing rocks and shouting racial slurs. That was Mark Wahlberg. Uh, and, wait a minute, there's, there's supposed to be some more. Yeah. No, no, wait. No, where it says next. High speed internet. You're going too fast, Leo.
having sexual relations with her when she was 15 and he was 24. Jay-Z, attempted murder. Hmm. Jay-Z got attempted murder. In uh, December 1999, Manhattan Super Club called the Kit Kat Club. Jay-Z's associates allegedly caused a distraction to allow an opportunity for the rapper to stab record executive Lance Rivera. Holy crap. Oh, you think of that? So much for Jay-Z. He stabbed, he stabbed another guy. It's not a surprise. He's a thug. Yeah. It's just a rich one now. Yeah, he says Jay-Z had become to, to believe that Rivera was responsible for bootlegging uh, of Volume 3, Life and Time of S. Carter. Under the cover of commotion created by his entourage, Jay-Z used a five-inch blade to stab Rivera in the stomach. Wow. $50,000 bail. He surrendered to the police and the next evening and was then released on $50,000 bail. He later pleaded guilty to misdemeanor, despite the fact that the lawyers expect witnesses and video evidence that the rapper was nowhere near the incident. Mm. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, right. To me, it's okay. Do we yeah. know what we see anymore? No, I just wondered about the burn notice guy. Yeah, we didn't see him. Lila is tying up the show to see what happened to the burn notice guy. Oh, it, it's going to take too long. Uh, I'm curious myself. I'll never go back to this article again, so I might as well look, right? Yeah. Who was the only person I was interested in because I liked his show? I know. Yeah. And I found out that he was dishonest and did something awful. Did he? Well, we're going to find out. Oh, oh, he was a criminal or something. Anybody, yeah. 
No. Well, they bought it. Sure they did. They're buying it. They bought it. Uh, okay, the Koch brothers operating. There you go. Oh, okay. It says 23 minutes long. I don't know if we get it. But it says, Mitch McConnell at the Koch brothers donor summit. Says, mm-hmm. We had to do it all night long under inaudible procedure. Uh, every senator had an hour, and if you could show up right on time, you were out of, if, if you didn't show up right on time, you were out of luck. Everybody around,
Bloomberg's report that there are trillions of dollars in off-balance sheets transactions that the Federal Reserve has entered into since last September. Are you familiar with those off-balance sheet transactions? You know, I, I think it may be um, important at this point, too, just to bring up um, a certain aspect related to our jurisdiction. And just to, to clarify perhaps some of my earlier uh, comments, we are the Inspector General for the Board of Governors, and we have direct oversight over board programs and operations, and are also able to look at board-delegated functions to the reserve banks, as well as um, it's o the board's oversight and supervision of the reserve banks. We do not have jurisdiction to directly go out and, and audit reserve bank activities specifically. Nevertheless, in our lending facilities project, for example, we are looking at the, the board's oversight over the program and uh, to the extent that extends out to the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. Well, I have a copy of the Inspector General Act here in front of me, and it says, among other things, that it's your responsibility to conduct and supervise audits and investigations relating to the programs and operations of your agency. That's correct. So I'm asking you if your agency has, in fact, according to Bloomberg, extended $9 trillion in credit, which, by the way, works out to $30,000 for every single man, woman, and child in this country. I'd like to know, if you're not responsible for investigating that, who is? We actually... We have responsibility for the Federal Reserve's programs and operations audits to conduct audits and investigations in that area. Um, in terms of who's responsible for investigating, would you mind repeating the question one more time? What have you done to investigate the off-balance sheet transactions conducted by the Federal Reserve, which according to Bloomberg now total $9 trillion in the last eight months? I'll have to look specifically at that Bloomberg article. I, I'm not, um, I, I don't know if I have actually seen that particular one. That's not the point. The question is, have you done any investigation or auditing of off-balance sheet transactions conducted by the Federal Reserve? At this point, we're at the very, we're conducting our lending facility project at a fairly high level and have not gotten to a specific level of detail to really be in a position to respond to your question. Have you conducted any investigation or auditing of the losses that the Federal Reserve has experienced on its lending since last September? We're still in the process of conducting that review. Until we actually, you know, go out and, and gather the information, I'm not in a position to really respond to, to the specific question. So are you telling me that nobody at the Federal Reserve is keeping track on a regular basis of the losses that it incurs on what is now a $2 trillion portfolio? I don't know if you're, you're telling me that there, you're mentioning that there's losses. I'm just saying that we're not, until we actually look at the program and have the information, we are not in a position to say whether there are losses or to respond in any other way to that. To that Mr. Chairman, my, my time is up, but I have to tell you honestly, I am shocked to find out that nobody at the Federal Reserve, including the Inspector General, is keeping track of this.
I don't know. It just went out. I'm still on the air. Might not be transmitted. Good night, folks. Okay. Have a good night, yeah. and we will talk to you tomorrow. Yeah. Good night, everybody.